everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are jumping into Isaiah. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 1 to 4. Uh, we're moving into a prophetic book. If you're curious why we are doing that, yesterday we were reading over uh, 2 Kings 15 and 2 Chronicles 26. Um, we covered King Uzziah. King Uzziah was fairly faithful. He became a king when he was about 16. Um, but he ends up doing this like weird prideful spiral um, where he tries to offer the incense in the temple on his own and then is struck with leprosy. The reason that we're jumping into Isaiah is that Isaiah was prophesying um, during Uzziah and then into Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. That is in chapter 1 of Isaiah. And so we can place Isaiah as a prophet in Judah specifically. So this is in the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom uh, obviously contains Jerusalem and the temple in it. Um, it is like sort of the more faithful nation. It doesn't get judged as quickly as Israel does in the north. And so what we've been getting in Kings and Chronicles is kind of the, <laughs> this is goofy, but sort of the perspectives of the kings. Obviously, that's what the title means. Um, what we're going to do now as we cover some of these prophets is get the message that the prophets are delivering to those kings and we'll kind of be reading those back and forth so that you can see what the kings are doing and then also what the prophets are speaking. Mm -hmm. And this opens up as saying this is the vision of Isaiah um, as he saw it concerning Judah and Jerusalem. But it's interesting. I think he's he's talking about things that will happen in Jerusalem, but he's speaking on behalf of the kingship of those four, one, two, wait, one, two, three, four, yeah, four kings of Judah. So that's kind of interesting. So it's not necessarily the perspective of the Jerusalem kings or the Israel, kings of Israel, right? Right. It's, it's, it's from, from the... Isaiah as the word of the Lord um, to the kings and to the nation. Of Judah. Of Judah, right. And so you can, you can place Isaiah... Um, during Uzziah, Uzziah began to reign around 760 BC. Um, most likely, Isaiah began to prophesy around 740 BC. And that is only 10 or 20 years before the northern kingdom of Israel is judged and carried into exile. Um, and then Hezekiah, I think Hezekiah is the final king that is listed in chapter 1. Um, Hezekiah begins to reign around 715. So just to give you like a little bit of a snapshot of where this lands, as far as the date, you can assume we're talking um, 740, you know, 740, 700, whatever, BC, uh, very close to when the northern kingdom of Israel is judged and carried off. And then the southern kingdom of Judah will be judged and carried off like 150 to 200 years later. But one common thread, though. A common thread of these four chapters is that there is, like, severe, um, I guess, lack of clean heart or pure heart in the worship that they are, um, I guess, the worship that they're doing. So all the right steps are there, but they're not necessarily, like, going about it in such a way that their hearts are pure and, um, I guess, really honoring God. 
So that is interesting. That's like something that gets pointed out over and over and over again. Uh, but we've seen that also in like prior books as well. So like priests and I mean, what did, what were we reading? We were reading, hmm, what was it? Judges, I guess. Like towards the end of Judges, like everybody's going through all the steps, but like they're doing it completely wrong. Um, they've got priests with prostitutes and like all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's like you can go through the motions and put on like a totally fake whatever, but God knows the hearts and knows whether or not your worship is is true or if you're just doing it just because it's a thing to do. So you're referring specifically to chapter 1, verse 11-ish. Um, what to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I've had enough of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. Mm-hmm. New moon and Sabbath are the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity in the solemn assembly. Your new moons and appointed feasts, my soul hates. So Yikes. this is strong, strong language from the Lord. But any possible way that you could be worshiping or like honoring God, though, too, with all of those things that you just listed, he completely hates or abhors well look at look at verse 16 then wash yourselves make yourselves clean remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes cease to do evil learn to do good Mm -hmm. seek justice correct oppression bring justice to the fatherless plead the widow's cause like I, i mean first of all we have this consistent theme throughout the entire message of scripture Care for widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. Um, James makes it explicit. True religion is caring for widows and orphans. The prophets are explicit. Care for widows and orphans. Leviticus demands caring for widows and orphans. So you get the feeling here, um, just from Isaiah chapter 1. Obviously, there's more here to cover. But you get the feeling that they were running through the motions. Like, the the sacrifices were still being offered. The incense was still being burned. Mm-hmm. But the heart behind all of it was becoming so distant from God. And so you get the picture that it is possible to do all the religious things and go through all the correct motions to sing all the right songs and perform all the right, whatever, ways ways of worship (laughs) and still be far from God Mm -hmm. because your life doesn't match your worship. Mm -hmm. How often do we even like... I was talking about that earlier. How often we do we see that kind of stuff today or even participate in that stuff today? Um, or like I was also thinking, so in the New Testament, when do we hear of these types of um, like comments being made throughout scripture? Like your heart does not reflect your works. Like how, like does God single that out? We were kind of talking about that earlier. Uh, and you had mentioned a couple of like references where, yeah, that is still existent for the church today post Jesus. Yeah, I mean we're not we're not post Jesus. Like like Jesus has always post been Jesus here. death on the cross. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but it it is like it it's not like this happened in the Old Testament it doesn't happen today. Like the the first um the the church in 1 Corinthians uh, first and 2 Corinthians the church in Corinth they were dealing with all kinds of 
craziness. They were embracing all kinds of things that were not in favor of the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a dude that was um, just practicing sexual immorality and they were like lifting him up and honoring him um, because they thought it brought more attention to God's grace. And Paul was like, dude, that, that is not how this works. Like, don't That's do that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, their, their services were just kind of crazy. Um, they were chasing after all kinds of spiritual experiences, but Paul was asking them to pursue more order and like edify the body more. That's like um, almost that same idea of cheap grace that we've talked yeah. about in the past. Yep. Huh. Um, James is talking to people about faith without works. Um, why, why would he say that unless it was mm -hmm. a valuable lesson? Um, I think about Paul talking to the Romans in, in Romans, just about like, Hey, like if you turn away from the Lord, he turns you over and you do all kinds of crazy things mm -hmm. and you fall further and further into sin. Um, Romans contains that line. Like, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Yeah. Um, so, so humanity is drawn away from God often and Many times when we are being drawn away from God, we continue to have all these like religious appearances that continue to make us feel good about the fact that our souls are being poisoned. Mm. And I think about like, there, there's definitely times in my own life. Um, I can think about times like when I was in high school where like I, I hated God. I was very much against God. Um, but I was still leading worship at my church mm -hmm. and people, people loved that I was leading worship at my church. And it was like, oh, wow, I don't, I'm not even sure I believe in God. Like, I'm not even sure I believe in God. And if I do, I definitely hate him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's not, we don't want the hallmark of our faith experience to be, you know, worship for appearances sake. Well, yeah. And I think even like that, that like <laughs> sounds silly, but that sin that you were talking about that you were dealing with was like an actual disbelief and like oh, yeah. hatred towards God. But if you're thinking about the context even of scripture, like it doesn't have to be even something that <laughs> that sounds so silly, I guess, but like that substantial, like hating God. Yeah. Like King Uzziah was dealing literally yeah. with pride. So like that is where this book is kind of sweeping in like with that same perspective like he fell off of like i don't know he fell off of where he was supposed to be at simply because he had so much pride that he thought he was way better than what he was supposed to be or just he didn't have any humility i guess um and that was like the downfall of him so i think no and matter what sin you're dealing with it can definitely screw with your ability to serve God and with a pure heart. And God chose to correct him as he was doing a religious act. Mm -hmm. Like he wanted to mm -hmm. walk into the temple and offer incense. And God was like, Hey, you're, you're not allowed to do this. This is, you're not going to do and the this. The priest said that too. Yeah. Get out of here. Um, so in Isaiah chapter four, just to call this out, and this is going to be a developing theme in the book of Isaiah. Um, chapter four is talking about some of the restoration that will occur after judgment. And chapter 4, verse 2 says, In that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. And he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who has been recorded for life in Jerusalem. Then the, when, when 
The Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning. Um, the, chapter 4 is looking ahead to this time of restoration. And you will see that the branch of the Lord is kind of a recurring theme that's in a couple of the different prophetic books. And a lot of people believe this is an allusion to the Messiah. The mm -hmm. Messiah will come and the Messiah will restore uh, what has been broken. And so here it is, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious and be part of the restoration of the people of Judah. And so we believe that ultimately that is looking at Jesus. Um, there's going to be even more explicit um, expressions of who Jesus is in Isaiah. We'll get to that later on. I was just going to say, too, to add to what you were talking about, about this, like, idea of the Messiah or like this pro this prophecy of the Messiah coming. Verses 3 and 4 uh, also talk about the the Lord will have washed away the filth and cleansed the bloodstains. So our Bible talks about how this is a permanent remedy that will be applied to God's people. So that is like, that's really cool too, because this is all talking about like, oh, you guys are doing all these things. It doesn't actually matter because you're terrible hearts. But someday I like the Lord will send someone who will wash away all of this permanently. We won't have to deal with any of the crazy stuff that you guys are pretending to do right now. So that's kind of crazy too. I really like those, those connections and prophetic pieces that just all come back to it. So the challenge for today is to be authentic in your worship, like come to the Lord and offer worship to the Lord through your, you know, your works, your deeds, your life. Um, live your life as a living sacrifice to God that is holy and pleasing to God. Uh, we do not want to be caught up in some kind of prophecy where God is saying like, you know what, I'm sick of your worship, knock it off. Uh, just remember to be faithful to the Lord in what you're doing today. Hey, before we sign off for today, just one final thing. Uh, we picked up a subscriber uh, this week, so shout out to Dave from Lancaster. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to listen to us. Thank you so much for continuing to support us. Uh, if you are interested in supporting the podcast, you can do that with the link in our description. Uh, thanks so much, Dave, and we'll be, back, <laughs> we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Isaiah chapter 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have displeased the Holy One of Israel, and they are utterly estranged. Why will you still be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick and the heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but bruises and sores and raw wounds. They are not pressed or bound up or softened with oil. Your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate, as overthrown by foreigners. And the daughter of Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a lodge in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors, we should have been like so 
Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations, I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Remove the evil from your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct opposition. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. How the faithful city has become a whore, she who is full of justice. Righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross, your best wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and runs after gifts. They do not bring justice to the fatherless, and the widow's cause does not come to them. Therefore the Lord declares, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will get relief from my, my enemies and avenge myself on my foes. I will turn my hand against you, and I will smelt away your dross with the lyre, and remove all your alloy. And I will restore your judges as at the first, and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterward you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed by justice, and those in her who repent by righteousness. But rebels and sinners shall be broken together. And those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed, for they shall be ashamed of the oaks that you desired, and you shall blush for the gardens that you have chosen. For you shall be like an oak whose leaf withers, and like a garden without water. And the strong shall become tinder, and his work a spark, and both of them shall burn together, with none to quench them. Chapter 2 The word that Isaiah the son of Amoz saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of all the mountains, and shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it, and many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that we may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. For you who have rejected your people, the house of Jacob, 
because they are full of things from the east and of fortune tellers like the Philistines, and they strike hands with the children of foreigners. Their land is filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. Their land is filled with horses, and there is no end to their chariots. Their land is filled with idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their own fingers have made. So man is humbled, and each one is brought low. Do not forgive them. Enter into the rock and hide in the dust, from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. The haughty looks of man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts has a day against all the proud and lofty. Against all that is lifted up, it shall be brought low. Against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, and against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the uplifted hills, against every high tower, and against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish, and all the beautiful craft, and the haughtiness of men shall be humbled, and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day, and the idols shall utterly pass away, and people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground, from before the terror of the Lord, and from the splendor of his majesty, when he rises to terrify the earth. In that day mankind will cast away their idols of silver and their idols of gold, which they made for themselves to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to enter the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs, from before the terror of the Lord, and from the splendor of his majesty, when he rises to terrify the earth. Stop regarding man, in whose nostrils is breath, for of what account is he? Isaiah chapter 3 For behold, the Lord God of hosts is taking away from Jerusalem and from Judah support and supply, all support of bread and all support of water, the mighty man and the soldier, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty and the man of rank, the counselor and the skillful magician and the expert in charms. And I will make boys their princes, and infants shall rule over them, and the people will oppress one another, every one his fellow, and every one his neighbor. The youth will be insolent to the elder, and the despised to the honorable. For a man will take hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, You have a cloak, you shall be our leader, and this heap of ruins shall be under your rule. In that day he will speak out, saying, I will not be a healer. In my house there is neither bread nor cloak. You shall not make me leader of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen, because their speech and their deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. For the look on their faces bears witness against them. They proclaim their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them. For they have brought evil on themselves. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. My people, infants are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O oh, my people, your guides mislead you, and they have swallowed up the course of your paths. The Lord has taken his place to contend. He stands to judge peoples. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders and princes of his people. It is you who have devoured the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is your in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people? By girding the face of the poor, declares the Lord of hosts. The Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks, glancing wantingly on their with their eyes, mincing along as they go, tinkling with their feet, 
Therefore the Lord will strike with a scab the heads of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will lay bare the secret parts. In that day the Lord will take away the finery of the anklets, the headbands and the crescents, the pendants, the bracelets and the scarves, the headdresses, the armlets, the sashes, the perfume boxes and the amulets, the signet rings, the nose rings, the festal robes, the mantles, the cloaks, the handbags, the mirrors, the linen garments, the turbans and the veils. Instead of perfume there will be rottenness, and instead of a belt, a rope, and instead of a well-set hair, baldness, and instead of rich robe, a skirt of sackcloth, and branding instead of beauty. Your men shall fall by the sword, and your mighty men in battle, and her gates shall lament and mourn. Empty she shall sit on the ground. Chapter 4 And seven women shall take hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. In that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. And he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who has been recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth, the daughters of Zion, and cleansed the bloodstains of, of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning, then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day and a smoke and shining and flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a canopy. There will be a booth for shade by day from the heat and for a refuge and a shelter from the storm and rain. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.